My voice disappeared somewhere during the week, and it's been coming back the last two or three days. But I just got to take care of it so that I get through the next two hours. Oh, nobody, nobody complained. Oh, I've had the privilege of sharing God's word the last three weeks, and this will be my fourth week. And uh, when, I, when I, I start preaching, I sometimes go off my, leave my notes, and I just want to review quickly before we talk today about redemption. But uh, I've been talking about the fact that God has a benefit package for us. And David said, forget not all of his benefits. Forget not. It's actually, it's amazing. Today, Remembrance Day, it's so amazing how we forget so quickly. I remember we, we did a um, Bible school class on the Old Testament, and we, we uh, were going through the life of, um, of the nation Israel got taken into Egypt. They got, they got rescued, delivered from Egypt. And within days, they were complaining and wanting to go back. And it says because they forgot. Like literally, the, the, the Red Sea had parted in front of them. They had just come from a land where all kinds of plagues buffeted and tormented the, the nation of Egypt. And it says in the land of Goshen, it didn't touch them. Can you imagine um, frogs everywhere, and yet this little section of land, the frogs didn't go into it? Like, yeah. like the amazing miracles, the amazing deliverance, and within days they forget. And, and you know, I'm sitting at my, my desk looking at this, and it's just like, you, you almost want to laugh, and then you think about yourself. You want to say, these people, they just went through the red, the, the, the red Sea and they walked on dry. Like, what were they thinking? And then think about myself. How quickly we forget. And King David here is saying, don't forget all the benefits that our God gave to us. And... Uh, so, I don't want to re-preach my first sermon, <laughs> and I'm on going down that road. And uh, so I'm going to change directions real fast here. Who forgives all of our iniquities. Amen? Don't forget all his benefits. He starts with the forgiveness. And we, we went through how, the, how Jesus broke the power of sin. We're... The, the church has been taught to live at a level of my sins are forgiven and I'm going to heaven. And their lives are broken and ruined because they haven't been taught that not only were you forgiven, but the power of the sin that you were forgiven of, the power of sin was destroyed. Satan was disarmed. His kingdom was overruled. The power and dominion of that kingdom was shattered. Sin itself, the power was destroyed. And literally the effects of Adam and his sin and the floodgates that he opened up have and are being reversed. How many of you believe that? <laughs> it has been reversed. So it starts with, he forgives all, he heals all of us. And what I love is, it's, he forgives all, he heals all. 
I titled this series, A Believer's Full Authority. We walk around exercising and just scratching the surface of our authority. And I want to kick you in the butt. Say, come on, we can do better than this. I don't want to, I want to ruffle your feathers. I want to step on your toes. I want to irritate you and say, we can do better. Amen? We can do better. Some of the subjects I touched on is you can have dominion over your flesh. Go back and listen to the CDs. No, the podcast. We don't deal with CDs anymore. <laughs> glory to glory. You know, th- that's God's intention for us. Is as we, as we, as we engage in that relationship with Him, as we look upon His face, as we enjoy his presence and look at him and it says like in a mirror it reflects back he changes us from glory to glory god does not want us just sitting and just scratching the surface but literally he wants us moving from glory to glory to glory Having dominion over darkness. Dominion over darkness. That's what he created us for. That was his original intent for us. Is to subdue and have dominion. Now I'm going to start touching on today's message. But I, I want... I want us as a congregation to move to a new level of authority. A new level of dominion where people, where we can take people who have have had ruined lives, destroyed lives, bring healing, bring dominion, bring restoration. And not that they just live this life of barely making it, but they walk in authority and power, knowing who they are, who's living inside them, knowing the power and the authority that has been vested in them, and they live a victorious life. Amen? I want us to move to a higher level. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquities. Who heals all of your diseases. And he redeems your life from destruction. As I was studying this week, I came across this neat little... uh, um, in one of the commentaries I was reading. And he, he, he was, um, it was, he took a, he was, he was looking at all, because we can look at salvation, and there's so many different layers. When, when you start studying it, it's like, there's so many different layers, and, and it's just amazing. And, and as I was just sitting here this morning, it was just like, Pastor David was just said, open your hands and as a sign. I just saw this picture of the of heaven saying, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. And man, of all this reading and studying, and it's just like under realizing what Jesus Christ did and what he purchased for us. It's just like no wonder they're singing that. 
No wonder they're singing worthy. Now, listen to, throughout God's word, we see different metaphors used to express the concept of salvation. Each metaphor, um, picture, um, or image adds to or reveals another dimension of the awe and the wonder of salvation. I just want to read a few of them. We see a picture of a courtroom. Justification. The sinner stands before God, accused and guilty. But because of Jesus Christ, God declares that sinner righteous. We have a picture of a courtroom. We deserve death. And God declares us righteous. Why? Because Jesus Christ, his blood, justification. Here's a picture of a bank. The sinner stands before God in debt. And no way to pay. Jesus Christ paid the debt. And now God the Father declares our debt canceled. That's forgiveness. Forgiveness. He forgives all. It wipes the debt clean. A picture from the home called adoption. The sinner stands before God as a stranger. No hope lost. God makes that sinner a member and brings him into his family. That's salvation. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus Christ. From the battlefield, as we think about remembrance today, reconciliation. The sinner stands before God as an enemy. Jesus Christ made peace. And now the sinner stands before God as a friend. <laughs> That's what Jesus Christ did. And then the last one that I want to talk about today, redemption. It's actually a term about the marketplace. The sinner stands, think about, well, just this picture, if you've ever seen some movies of, the sinner stands before God as a slave. We were slaves, slaves to sin. Slaves to the realm of darkness. Slaves to the, the kingdom of darkness. We were slaves without hope. And the sinner stands before God and says, God grants that slave freedom by the payment of a ransom. That's called redemption. Jesus Christ, the shedding of his blood, the giving of his life, paid the price in full and purchased us back from the kingdom of darkness, from its control, from its dominion, purchased us and brought us into his kingdom, into his realm, under his dominion. Amen. Yes. Amen. And today we stand free. We stand free. The, our price for our freedom, the wages of our sin that brought bondage, ultimately death, that, that debt was paid. The ransom was paid for us, and we could stand in freedom, complete freedom. Complete freedom. Sorry, I need a tissue paper. Here's a couple of thoughts on redemption. It's only something God could do. You cannot free yourself. And your efforts don't keep you free. It's the blood of Jesus that covers you. It's the blood of Jesus that paid the price. 
1 Corinthians 1 says, by his doing, you are in Christ. His, it's God, sometimes we can, can get a little uppity on ourselves. But you know, it's God that it just initiated everything, started everything, he changes everything. And it says in 1 Corinthians verse 30, it says, it's by his doing that we are in Christ Jesus, who became to us, Jesus Christ became to us wisdom from God, he became righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. Let's just say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, the price you paid. So that we can stand now before the Father, righteous, sanctified, Free. Only because of what you have done. Not by our works. Not by our smarts. Not because of our knowledge, but because of you. It's something that's permanent. First Peter 1 says, If you address the Father, I mean as Father, if you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, then conduct yourselves in fear during your time of your stay on this earth. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb unblemished and spotless. The blood of Jesus Christ. And in Hebrews 9 goes even further. And, and it's not through the blood of goats and calves, but through Jesus Christ, his own blood. He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Amen. And so when we get to heaven, we're going to join all those angels and saints before us who just fall down and say, worthy is the lamb. Why? Because it's all his doing. It's all he's doing. All he's doing. It's an act of faith. Being Romans 3, 24 says, being justified, here justified, pronounced, declared, and rendered righteous. That's justified. Is a free gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Because of his redemption, we have the privilege of being declared, pronounced, and rendered righteous. We are in right standing with our Heavenly Father. Verse 28, a little further in Romans says, and we maintain that a man is justified through redemption by faith apart from the works of the law. It's awesome. Wow. I'm going to just give you some technical information. Redemption means to buy. But it, here... It goes a little further. It means to buy out of. It's not like a meal that you buy and then you consume it in that restaurant or whatever. But it's like you buy something and you take it out of the store and it is now yours. You buy out of. Then it goes even further than it's to buy out of for your purposes. You know, you were redeemed not so you can just have a jolly good life without God, but you were redeemed for his purposes. And too many people, they receive salvation and they scratch the surface. They're saved. They're, they're forgiven of their sins. They got a, a ticket for heaven and they live whatever the way they please. 
That's not why you were redeemed. Redemption is the fact that Jesus Christ paid the price, purchased our freedom so that we can come out of something into something new for his purposes, for his plan, for his works. We don't live our own life. It's not our own anymore. And too many Christians, because we just barely scratched the surface of, of our true authority and our true identity. We scratch the surface and it becomes a life of survival, a life of pleasure, a, a life of selfishness. Walking in no authority, no dominion, because we've not understand the fact that God redeemed us for his purposes. Amen. And I'm sorry if I go over things. But repetition is good. Sometimes it doesn't stick. And uh, we have to get out of the mindset that I've been saved and I can just do whatever I want. No, you were, you were saved and you were taken out of darkness for his plan and for his purpose. And we need to pursue that. We need to seek that. Quite often our gifts and our talents that he's given us are, are a kind of a hint at his direction and his plan and his purpose. And we gotta, we got to engage that. We've got to seek. We've got to pursue, get to know him. That's why it's so important to get to know him because then we get to kind of know his plan and his purpose and then we start discovering why he redeemed us. So I want to encourage you, pursue, pursue, pursue. Let's, um, Colossians, Colossians 1. Let's go to verse 12, please, Cora. How many of you appreciate Cora? I mean, just, uh, yes, I, I have to thank Cora. She just pulls these things up and uh, saves lots of time. Everybody scrambling for their Bibles that they, maybe that's the downside. We, we kind of forget our Bibles because we have Cora. <laughs> So don't be so good, Cora. One day, one day you can sit up here and we'll make everybody, what? Where's Colossians? Where's Colossians? Is that, is that before Psalms or after Isaiah? <laughs> Giving thanks to the Father. I, you know what I've, I've really enjoyed discovering as I study more is you just see the identity and the, 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 um, the way the, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit work. So it's the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And it's the Father who delivered us. Next verse, Cora. Come on, I didn't mean this week. You can't take it easy this week. It's the Father delivered us from the... You've been delivered from the power of darkness. We were a slave. We were under the dominion of darkness. What is darkness? Darkness is the realm that is in complete opposition of God. In 1 John, it says that these two realms, darkness and light, they are not compatible at all. Where do I have that? 1 John, chapter 2. Sorry, I'm caught. I'm going to go rogue here. Verse, uh, I don't have my glasses. Uh, 15. 1 John, chapter 2. I'm going to read this from the Passion. You can throw it up there. Um, in the new, new American, here. Don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of this world. 
The love of the Father and the love of this world are not compatible. They don't mix. Light, darkness do not mix. For all that the world can offer us, listen to, yeah, you don't have to listen, you can read. The, the gratification of our flesh, the desires, the lust of our flesh, the, the allurement of the things of this world and the obsession with status and importance. It's not, none of these things come from the Father. But rather, rather, when you think of Eve, when she looked at the tree, what grabbed her attention? Was the desire, the allurement. Oh, that, that fruit actually looks good. That, that'll actually make me wise. And it was all the, uh, the allurement that the world had to offer. You'll become like God. And it was the, 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 the desires, the lust of the flesh, the, the lust and the desires and the allurement from the eyes, and it was the pride. That was, that was Lucifer's downfall, was his pride. I'm going to be like God. I'm going to be like the Most High. I'm going to ascend. And it was his pride. And that's what he, the world, darkness, that's its allurement. And it attacks and gratifies our flesh. And it says that that is not compatible. That is not compatible with the realm of God, the realm of light, the kingdom of God. None of these things. This world and its desires are in the process of passing away. But those who love to do the will of God will live forever. So it's out of that, it's out of that realm, the power of darkness that the Father has taken us. Let's go back to Colossians 1, Cora, 13. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. Power of darkness. I got to keep up with my notes here. We were under, listen, the, when, when you go into the Greek, and it talks about the power of darkness. It actually refers to a tyrannical rule. That's what darkness is. It's, it's like a tyrant. And when I googled tyrant, it means a cruel, oppressive dictator. That is what Satan is. When you are under his control, under his dominion, it's cruel, it oppresses you, and it's just like a dictator. Demands, demands, demands. And that is the realm that we were under. We were under the realm of darkness, in complete opposition to God. Everything that was opposite of light, that is what we were under. We were literally under its authority. When you think of the believer's full authority, where do we obtain that from? Because Jesus Christ dwells in us. Because Jesus Christ, we have his authority, his dominion, and, and God, the, the God's word describes that as all authority. And I, I don't want to spent too much time but but basically Adam who had received full authority for managing the earth Adam had that full authority when he sinned he handed the the keys the authority over to Satan and now Satan is called the prince of this world when when Jesus came and you and if you look in the in the Luke chapter 4 I think it is when Satan tempts Jesus, he says, you know, if you worship me, see all these kingdoms of the earth, which are under my authority, 
I will give to you. So we see Satan had the authority there. But then when Jesus died, he stripped Satan of that authority. And now he's vested that in us. So we were once under the authority of the, 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 the kingdom of darkness. We were under that dominion. But Jesus paid the price. And then the father, is that in here? Transferred us. Because the price that was paid, the ransom that was paid, because Jesus is our redemption. He purchased us out of. Go back to the definition. He purchased us out of this realm and this dominion. And he's brought us over to this realm and his dominion. And then, instead of dictatorship... What did he vest us with? He vested in us his power and his authority. Vested them in us. And said, now that you're in my kingdom, I vest my power, my authority. Now you go. So, out of, into, for his plan, and for his purpose. Redemption did not just pay the price. But it now brought us into alignment with God's will. With his purpose. And our life is not our own. Our life belongs to him. But he puts in us his power and his authority, his rulership for us to walk and have dominion. Too many Christians, are, are, they try to straddle the fence of the gratification and the desires over there. And they frustrate themselves. They frustrate the blood of Jesus Colossians 2.15 says that this is what happened to the power and the dominion that once dominated us. He disarmed them and he made a public display of them. The, the power of darkness has no more authority. No. Thank you. There's no more authority left over there. It may hoot and holler at you. Hey, hey, hey. Remember, remember, remember the stuff we used to do, the fun we used to have. That's, that's the limit of its authority or power is to try to deceive, distract, gain our attention, woo us, allure us. That's, its, that's the extent of its power or authority. It says that Satan goes around like a, a roaring lion, that he's seeking who he may devour, but he cannot devour you. He does not have that right or authority. The extent of it is, is literally distraction, intimidation, deception. But there is no authority left in his kingdom. Amen. Two minutes and 52 seconds. Hmm. So, Jesus Christ, the redemption through his blood, redeemed us from the realm of darkness. No power. 
But it goes further than that. It literally redeems us and clears our conscience. Hmm. The conscience. The conscience that can just drive us crazy with condemnation. Hmm. Hebrews 9, 11 says, But now the anointed one has become the king priest of every wonderful thing that has come. For he serves in a greater, more perf perfect heavenly tabernacle not made by man, and he has entered once for all into the holy sanctuary of all. Not with the blood of animal sacrifices, but the sacred blood of his own sacrifice. And he alone has made our salvation secure, our redemption secure. He paid the ransom, our redemption forever. Under the old covenant, the, the blood of bulls, goats, and ashes of heifers were sprinkled on those who were defiled and effectively cleansed them outwardly from their ceremonial impurities. Yet how much more will the sacred blood of our Messiah thoroughly cleanse our conscience? The conscience that wants to condemn you. The conscience that wants through thoughts and lies of Satan himself, wants to oppress you. That has, been, that has been defeated. The power, the dominion of that thought process has been broken. And when the blood of Jesus was, was shed, his life sacrifice, the redemption, the, the redemptive work cleared the conscience purged it of, of literally when we talked about literally the, the effects of Adam, when, when the, the, the forgiveness when he, Jesus Christ nailed it to the cross, the effectiveness and literally the old Adam, the nature was crucified and literally whatever was done under that realm has been wiped away. And when we walk across and are translated into this game, our conscience is wiped clean. That's the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ. Hmm. I want to focus on one last point. I really want to get into our understanding, into our spirit, into our heart. The fact that the realm of darkness has no more dominion. It was thoroughly defeated. First Corinthians, first, yeah, first Corinthians chapter 2. I, I referred to it a, a couple weeks ago that if the power of darkness, the rulers of that age, the rulers of this world, knew what was actually going to happen when they crucified Jesus, they would not have. They would not have done it. Because what they did is they unleashed the redemptive power of, of God. If we back up a few verses, uh, verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Um, yeah, we, yet we speak. He was talking about the wisdom of natural man, and he doesn't try to, Paul, he says, you know what, when I speak and I preach, I don't want to try to woo you with my words and wisdom. But he says, yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, and I want this to gra grab your spirit. Who are passing away. 
the rulers, the prince of this world, the rulers, the dominions are passing away. The, the Greek word for passing away means they have been nullified. They have been nullified. They are no longer effective. And Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, are waiting for us to understand our authority to step on them, trample them. Jesus said, I've given you all authority. He said when those disciples came back from the, when Jesus had sent them off, they came back, they were excited. He said, Jesus had said, you know, I saw Satan fall from heaven. Now I want you to understand, and I'm hoping you're understanding that I have given you all authority to trample on his kingdom. All authority to trample, to tread over the powers of darkness. Those the power that is holding people back from experience true life, true light, true healing, true, true healing in their in physical and spiritual, true freedom from every addiction, every lie, everything that has been done to them. Freedom that when they cross that line from darkness into the light, they are wiped clean. Conscience. Power of sin, wiped clean. Wiped clean. And they no longer, too, ma too many Christians who have been brought over, trans transferred into the kingdom of God's dear son. They, they are tormented, bound, oppressed, by what they came out of. And they, they don't understand why they can't be free from that. And today I declare, Jesus' blood purchased us out of that, cleansed our conscience, broke the power and rulership of that realm, and it has been defeated. It is done, and it is nullified and passing away. It's an enemy that has already been defeated and is waiting for us to stand up to him and say, you are overruled. That thought process that wants to keep harassing me, you're overruled. That's, we need to stand up in our authority and speak to the power of darkness and say, you are overruled. I was taken out of that. I was taken out of the eternal, effective blood of Jesus Christ that brought me out of that has made me free from you. I don't, gotta, I don't live there no more, but I also don't need to be tormented by what that was because the slate was quite clean. The handwriting that was against me has been blotted out. The conscience has been cleared. And you do not have to live in that. You are not a slave to it anymore. And too many people do not understand that they are not a slave anymore. But all of you do. You're not a slave. And pronounce the good news. You're not a slave anymore. You are free. Exercise the authority that has been vested in you, placed in you. Because the redemption that was brought to us by Jesus Christ is sure. It is effective. It is eternal. It's all powerful. And you don't have to live back there, but you're in the kingdom of his dear son. And you can speak, ex exercise your authority. The redemptive blood of Christ. It purifies us. As literally, as we, the Father trans, transfers us from darkness to light. He purifies us. He purifies us. 
purifies us and we no longer live in the lawlessness. Let's, let's read that in closing. T Titus chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 11. But, it, but in the beginning of this chapter, he's talking to young men. He's talking to young women. You know, stop living the way you were living. But be, and be a testimony of the goodness of God in your lives. He talks to husbands. He talks to wives. He talks to, to um, um, people, uh, slaves. He says, you know, don't, don't misrepresent the goodness of God. Don't misrepresent the redemptive work that has been done in you. But live a godly life and be an example and be a testimony of God's kingdom. And then he says, he continues, he says, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all men. This is, this is what the grace of God is supposed to do in your life. Next verse. It instructs us, teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, what we just finished reading about, and to live sensibly and righteously and godly in our present age. That's what the grace of God has been given to us for. To live a godly life. Not so that we can live like we were back in the world and then say, oh, but God, he just, his grace just releases me from all of that and I don't have to worry. I can live the way I want. No, he says the grace of God appeared. Sorry. The grace of God appeared to us. How, why? To empower us Teach us, instruct us to do, deny all that stuff that was over here. Next verse. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Next verse. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawlessness that was in the realm of darkness. So his grace appeared to empower us not to live like this anymore. And he redeemed us and took us out of that and to purify for, for himself, not for us. He purchased us out of for himself. So, so now we come and we live for him and for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. And I'll go back to what I said two weeks ago and then I clarified a little more last week. You can help it. You do not live back here. You do not live in this realm anymore. And you don't have to live like that realm anymore because you have dominion. You have dominion over sin. You have dominion over the the kingdom of darkness, Satan himself you have dominion over. You have dominion over the lawlessness. You have dominion over the powers of darkness that have been nullified and they are passing away. Amen? Amen. It's one of his benefits that he's given to us. Don't forget it. There's a test next week. Don't forget his benefits. He shed his blood. He gave his life so that we could walk in this benefit package. And according to statistics, 98% of Christians don't walk in his benefit package. They don't know about the benefit package. I want to encourage you. Be aggressive pursuers. Be aggressive pursuers of the kingdom of God. His righteousness. Be aggressive pursuers of the benefits. That he, he, he doesn't give us the benefits so that they're wasted. He wants us to utilize his benefits. He said, I paid a high price for those benefits. So let's grab a hold of those benefits. Yet learn about those benefits. Let's utilize and make them part of our lives. And walk in dominion, walk in power, and walk in authority. That Jesus Christ not only walked in himself, 
purchased for us, but vested in us. Amen. 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 How many of you are hungry? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, you transferred us, translated us out of darkness, out of dominion of, from sin, under, from, from under the dominion of and rulership of sin, of Satan, of dark. You transferred us into the kingdom of your dear son who paid the ultimate price, who paid the full price, paid the eternal price for our redemption so that we could be vested with his authority, running with his purposes and having dominion over darkness itself, having dominion over sin that once ruled us, having dominion and treading over the kingdom of Satan. You have given us that authority. Help us to learn. Help us to understand. Teach us. Lord, let your grace, as we just heard, let it teach us, let it instruct us, let it empower us to live godly lives, living a testimony for you through our godly lives and through good deeds. Lord, help us. Teach us. Teach us your ways so that we can walk in your paths. Oh, we thank you for your word that just, just lights a fire in us. Just, just induces us with power that just burns in us and let us, let it just carry on through the week. Let us not just be hearers, but let us be doers of what you've taught us, of what you've said to us. And we thank you and we praise you. We praise you. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Now let's pray for dinner, lunch. Father, bless this food. Bless our fellowship. Help us to encourage, to lift each other up, to build each other in the power and the authority that you've given to us. And let us lift each other up through this meal. Bless this food. Bless the missions that we're about to support. Bless their work. Bless their hands. Bless, bless their lives. And bless them with strength. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Enjoy your lunch.